Hi everybody, welcome back to Pagan's Witchy Corner. My name is Pagan, and I hope you guys are having a great day. And I am joined today by a very special friend and an awesome guest who's already been on the show once. That is Amy Blackthorn. You guys get to hear all about her book, Blackthorn's Protection Magic, which was awesome. She has so many other really great books, which we all talked about in the other episodes. So if you haven't listened to that one, you can always go back and listen to it. But you can also listen to them out of order. It's not that big of a deal if you do. But today we're going to be talking all about her brand new book that just came out, which is Blackthorn's Botanical Wellness. Such a great book. And also, Amy, welcome to the show and welcome back. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's so good for you to be here. I've been looking forward to this and I was so excited when I saw your book finally come out because I knew that we had talked a little bit about it in the last episode and I'd been watching for it and watching for it and finally popped up and I was like, oh, hey, hey, wiser, wiser. I need that. Ship it. Ship it. I need it. It's it's very important. (laughs) And uh, I knew that we had talked about you coming back and talking about it. So I'm so glad you're here. How have you been? How's life? How's everything been treating you? Oh my goodness, it's so busy. I like the good busy that that says I feel like I did something, not the <laughs> <Yes>. overwhelmed busy. <laughs> I um, understand that. <laughs> it is it is a thing. <laughs> I completely understand that. I've had one of those weeks where it's also been busy. It's also a good busy, but it's one of those busies where I'm like, if I had to do it again, I wouldn't do it because it was all doctor's appointments and dentist <laughs> yeah. work and all that stuff. But uh yeah, no, I totally feel that. Uh, so let's talk about this new book. Now, I don't know if everybody, obviously, maybe not everybody has listened to the other episode. What prompted you to write the wellness book? Oh my goodness. I have been dealing with this wellness journey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, two months after my 21st birthday, I got run over by a tractor trailer. Oh my gosh. But I'm -um, gone. Uh, they flew me to the nearest hospital uh in a helicopter so my my first helicopter ride was super eventful (laughs) Uh, and since then my you know a lot of there's some really beautiful beautiful books on self-care for witches that have come out um, I'd say maybe 20 in the last five years and they're beautiful and they're very sweet and they're very wholesome but none of them spoke to my experience I didn't see myself in any of them because None of them talked about chronic pain or chronic illness. And I wanted to be inclusive of my community. I wanted to produce a book that would, that is something that I needed 20 years ago and I didn't have. So that's, that's been my driving force in the books that I choose to write is making sure that I'm, I'm writing for myself five years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have a book that spoke to that experience because I know I'm not alone. Absolutely. Uh, in the U.S. alone, 40% of the population has at least one chronic illness. I didn't realize it was that high. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Good people to know don't I'm not think... alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the thing. People don't take into account things like diabetes are a chronic illness, mm-hmm. even though it's more common, even though it's, you know, it can be very easily controlled for a lot of people, doesn't mean that it's not a chronic illness. They, they think that it's, you know, one or two or the percent, you know, it's just those people over there. Mm-hmm. And that's the stigma that we need to do away with. Oh, girl, preach it. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yes. No, I completely agree with that. I agree with the fact that we don't give a large enough voice to those who are chronically ill or disabled. And a lot of the times those are just the, shh, you go stand in the corner and you talk about your stuff over there. We don't need you over here. 
exactly the thing is especially um since we have had covid we now see exactly how quickly and how easy the tide can change you can go from being a perfectly healthy adult to completely disabled after one illness and well not only that it's so dangerous we now see how easy it would have been for us to have work from home jobs as disabled people the whole time (laughs) they've been telling us you can't do that we can't we can't accommodate you until guess what one pandemic and all of a sudden everybody knows how to be accommodating right exactly <laughs> literally i feel like sally field from still magnolias during the, the whole time the whole, yes that is the me whole, yes <laughs> yes yes also sally one of my field favorite is movies, but just you know uh that's okay but yes i completely feel that and your book made me laugh it made me cry it it moved me in emotions because it spoke to me it spoke to me as one of those chronically ill voices that i was like She's saying all the stuff that I've been wanting people to say for a long time. Wow. Yes. So if you are somebody who is chronically ill or know somebody who is chronically ill or even just wants to cope with some of the things that we deal with, especially trauma and, you know, just dealing with those kind of emotions, go buy a copy. I mean it. Literally, go put it in your cart, pause the podcast, go do it. You will not regret it. <laughs> I promise. You know somebody who might want this book, who might just need, you know, some comfort in a book knowing that they're not alone. Um, go add it to your Amazon cart or wherever right now. And Christmas is coming up. Those Black Friday deals are up. I guarantee you can probably find a really great copy of it somewhere on sale right now. Go, go, go. There's my shameless plug. Back to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's one of those things we could have been accommodating all of these voices for so long. And now we're seeing a lot of those voices. A lot of people are trying to shove them back into that corner and we're like, no, 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 no. You listened to us for two years. We're not going away now. <laughs> you can listen yeah. to us forever now. Um, and it's one of those things that having that kind of thing where we see the accommodations happening we see that it can be done that we can be helping people in every aspect of from work from home to managing your chronic care and having doctors actually listen to you that wasn't Mm -hmm. really a thing beforehand just for the record those who may not know yeah having a doctor who validates you and listens to you is a big deal it's a really big deal and also just having somebody who's like hey I've gone through this too is a really big deal, even if it's just in written form. Yeah. And you are definitely that voice that is like, it's okay that you have this thing. You have these crazy thoughts in your head. You're not a crazy person. You're just chronically ill. It's okay. We are all here. We're in the same boat. You're not alone, (laughs) (laughs) which is a really big deal. It's so big. Uh, But you talk about so many cool things in your book. And I, where's my notebook? Hold on, guys. I, I have a notebook of notes for this because I'm going to be writing a review for it next week. Uh, but it is Hooray! such a great book because, you know, one of the things that you really talk about that I loved, like literally I was like, I if this book was in audio format, which it is, you can get it on Audible. Um, I was one of those people while I was sitting there reading and I was like, yeah, she talks about <laughs> my things. And that's morning rituals. I love morning rituals so much and how you can make so much of your mundane practice magical and you can also bring in that wellness stuff. So let's talk about your rituals and why you decided to put those in the books and 
just all the coolness. They're like I, I could just gush about your book for days because it was so good. <laughs> but... <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> I love it. So what is, you know, we talk about the morning rituals, but what, what prompted you to bring those into the book? And also what is your favorite morning ritual? So two questions. Sir. It's really funny because when I get it to go out and, you know, pre pandemic, go and do events, go do conferences. There's always the sads on Sunday morning mm-hmm. because it's, it's time to go and you pack up all your stuff and say goodbye to all the new friends you've made and no one wants to go home nobody wants to lose the magic that they felt in that space and in that time and it's it's such an important reminder that there is no mundane world it's just this is all those the whole one we got this is (laughs) good bad or indifferent this is the world that we have Mm -hmm. and you have to give yourself permission to embrace those daily rituals because Otherwise, you're just spending your life waiting from full moon to full moon to feel like your authentic self. And no one deserves that. You deserve to be able to be your authentic self every day. Yes. Yes. So, so yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My favorite morning ritual is actually making my morning tea because I get the chance to set my intention for the day to create what I want to see in my day just from minute one, moment one. I love uh, that. I love. I have that a tea so shop, much. so it's it's a little easier for me um, to be able to say, okay, I need to. I want to go out and kick today in the face. It's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna reach for some crown of success. I'm gonna reach for something that's uplifting with just a hint of caffeine because I'm not supposed to actually have a caffeine. Um, if I know today's going to be a stressful day and I've got a lot of meetings, I might reach for tarotone because it's it's soothing and it makes me feel like a whole person instead of just a ball of anxiety. It's just, it's a vanilla rebus with some lavender in it. So I know I'm going to feel chill vibes the whole day. Chill vibes are definitely a good thing, especially if you got a busy day, uh, because that chaotic energy can kick in really quick. And then you're like, Oh, why am I having a panic attack? Exactly. (laughs) It's a very thin line of, (laughs) I have unmedicated ADHD, so a little bit of caffeine goes a long way, but there's also that anxiety prong to that. I want to make sure I can get things done without feeling like the world is ending. Yes, absolutely. And especially when, you know, as somebody who also has ADHD and who's also autistic, you know, you have those days where I call them brain zoomy days. Yes, yes. And the brain has got a case of the zoomies. And if anybody is like zoomies, think of a dog that has the zoomies and you can't sit still and has to bounce off of everything in the house and destroy everything in the process. Yeah, people with ADHD have brain zoomies. And that's kind of what happens. So it's like you're sitting there trying to focus and do your thing, except the brain goes zoom zoom too fast. And you're like, I don't even know what just happened. And by the time you figure out what just happened, you're like, oh, um, that was the thing I was supposed to be working on, but it crashed into this other thing. And now I've got a hyper focus. What happened? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the brain goes zoom zoom. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I have a lot of those. And especially as a, a witch and somebody who tries to do, you know, the chill, magic, meditative vibes and stuff like that. It's sometimes if your brain has got the zoomies, trying to do that is, I call them Loki moments as well. 
like Loki is in charge of those moments where it's like, hey, I'm going to light a candle and I'm going to do this ritual and it's going to be great and it's going to be chill and vibes. And it's like, hey, now we're having a tarot conversation. How what? <laughs> what happened here? How did I go from, the, you know, doing a ritual to tarot cards? And yes, it is one of those crazy moments that you have. And it's really hard to kind of bring that energy down into a meditative state sometimes. And I really like that a lot of the things in your book that you're like, pick a specific song that might bring into some of that meditative energy or that magical energy or do the specific ritual, create the specific smell, do the thing that imprints inside the body that makes it to where, oh, we have puppies barking. Um, <laughs> puppies <laughs> want to say hi, everybody, as we talk about zoomies and all that. Uh, but have something that comes into the body that creates that basically body slash muscle memory and allows you to go, oh, hey, if I smell this or I do this, I can slip into that state easier. And that is a lot easier, especially with somebody who's neurodivergent. And to go, oh, if I smell this smell, it switch, flips that switch in the brain that says, oh, now it's chill time. Everybody else in the brain, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so I absolutely love that part of your book, which is so good. But you know, um, one of my favorite morning rituals, similar to yours, is I like to make coffee. And while my coffee brews, I go and love on my puppies. And that kind of signals to my brain that we're going to chill. We're not going to have chaos. We're not going to do all the, you know, scary things. And it also takes my anxiety of immediately waking up when the alarm goes off. Because for some reason, alarms make my anxiety raise. And going and loving on the puppies for a minute, it's like, okay you can breathe you're fine the world's not ending and if it is there's nothing you can do about it so it's okay just breathe <laughs> <laughs> which is really fun so what was your favorite part of the book in each book there is a moment where, you know, because I start with it, I'm a double Virgo, so I outline and then I have another outline and then I have a, a list for my lists. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and w the original outline that I send in with the proposal is never the book that actually gets written. <laughs> There's always a, a different chapter, something gets put in, something gets taken out for space. And there's always a spot where there's a spark that ignites in my imagination and my whatever you want to call it uh, in... Doctor's Botanical Magic, it was a, uh, a dream I had about justice magic, uh, where it occurred to me out of the blue, I was in, in a dream actually, <laughs> that the date, time, and place of birth that we might use for a spell to uh, relate to a single person, you can do the same thing with a lawsuit, with a petition, with you know something before the court to either empower or disempower, depending on your needs. A specific thing and so i i uh, i wake up it's two and it's not two in the morning because i'm still awake at two in the morning it's the middle of the night for whatever it was at this point and and so i have to read i, I jump down to the computer and i write five thousand words mm -hmm. well in this book that spot happened to be i had a dream and it was um the idea of creating a servitor creating a thought form creating a, a magical being to embody in my ritual tools to help me do the care tasks that I was having a hard time getting done myself, whether it was because of the ADHD or because I was feeling disheartened from the, the lack of being seen. I was having mm -hmm. with my, my doctors, whatever it was, 
my my brain says this makes all the magical sense in the world why has no one ever done this why have I've never heard of this so I had to sit down and figure out how to put that into a practice that could be replicated by other people well that was actually a really kind of cool thing because I have a work service for that sits on my desk and it's actually in the form of a Halloween prop. It's one of those like little plastic uh, raven skeletons. And I bought it, A, because I loved it and B, because I was like, you know what? I want to ask a spirit of my creation to come into this and help me focus for work. And it will sit on my desk. And when I start to get distracted, I can be like, Edgar, I need a little juicier help out. And yes, his name is Edgar. So, uh, and he is my little work servitor. So it was really kind of fun to see that in the book as well. And it's like, why have I never done this for healing and dealing with chronic illness and the crazies that come with that? Why have I never done this? And my poor healing altar, I feel so bad. I I make, um, I guess it comes from years of like guilt and trauma and all this other stuff. But I, I make a point to try to light candles once a week just as an apology to my healing deities. Because I'm like, I call on you guys way more than I feel like I should. And I know that it's a trauma thing and I know it's a guilt thing. But it's also one of those things where I'm like, I feel bad. I shouldn't like calling you this much to, you know, make me not, you know, freak out over this crazy pain that I can't replicate or figure out where it's coming from or why this is happening. And that's the thing with being chronically ill. When something new happens, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. And it's so hard for you to sit back and go, oh, you're not crazy. You're just having a nerve spasm. You're not going to die. Everything's fine. And so I, you know, will have to put a lot more healing energy into my healing altar. But as I was reading the uh, servitor part, I was like, this is just brilliant. And I should add this into my healing practices that I do already. And it's something that I thought was so ingenious. And I'm so glad that it's your favorite part of the book. But it was such a genius moment. It really was. That it's like, why has nobody else outlined this? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Because, you know, I we take it for granted as authors. You know, I, I'm sitting in my office and I'm, and I'm pounding on the keys and I'm yelling at the walls. There's a point. And it, it happened in writing uh, Botanical Magic. That my brain finally understood that. I'm writing this now, but at some point it's going to go out into the world. And the moment it goes out into the world, it's no longer just mine. Right. It's it's everyone's. It belongs to the world and people get to have their own experiences with it and their own feelings about it. But this is going to last. This is going to be here and on the shelves and in people's bookcases long after I'm gone. Mm -hmm. And so there's this piece that has this existential debate every time you're like okay what what needs to exist in the world after I'm gone what do I want people to remember there's the idea of leaving that legacy mm -hmm. because each book each individual project takes a piece of our soul absolutely I just am really lucky in that I get to pick which piece it is I had, and so, oh, I'm sorry, finish up. No, no, go ahead. My, my apologies. Um, 
I had, you know, because I write fiction books as well. And so I had a professor in college when I was getting my creative writing degree that told me authors are the voices of other beings or entities or spirits or whatever you would like to call them that we bring to life in written form. And so, you know, as somebody who has also worked on nonfiction, seeing a nonfiction part of you, it's like, how does that apply? I can see how that applies from a fiction perspective, but it's like, wow, how does that apply from a nonfiction perspective? And I think you just summed that up very beautifully, that it's not so much that it's other spirits or voices or other creations that are out in the world that it, you know, impose upon you. It's parts of your own soul that are getting placed out in the world that live on long after you're gone. So part of you gets to remain in a voice of wisdom and reason and uh, beauty and all the things that you encompass in all of your books. And so I think that's really cool because, you know, you are definitely one of those household voices in the witchcraft community that we can say, yes, that is an Amy Blackthorne thing. We know, you know, if we're trying to find some good information on um, herbalism or tea or anything like that that has encompassed many of your things especially protection magic because your protection magic book I don't know how many copies I have recommended out there to the world um, especially in today's world and so you know you get to be one of those really cool voices that's going to live on for quite a while and influence not only the witches of today but the witches of tomorrow so you, you put that beautifully and yes it is correct <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much because it's it's really hard to find the line between helping someone see themselves in my writing mm -hmm. and making it about me. There's there's difficult stories in some of the pieces, especially in uh, protection magic. Mm -hmm. There's some there's some hard parts, mm -hmm. uh, and it's it's therapeutic for me to get them out there sometimes, and sometimes they stay in the book, and sometimes they get taken back out. But it's hard to know where that line is, where someone is seen and heard and felt and they know they're not alone. And that's what I'm really looking for. And someone coming up to me in, in the hallway at a conference wanting to ask about the most horrifying thing I've ever been through. Like we're, <laughs> we're having a cup of coffee and it's, it can, it can be a bit much. It's, it's definitely difficult to figure out where that line is because I don't know where how I'm going to feel a year from now or 10 years from now or 20 years from now about people knowing those those very difficult things. Mm -hmm. All I can tell myself is that knowing that, uh, for example, I had a hard time writing protection magic from the get-go because mm -hmm. I know I needed to tell that story, but I didn't, I didn't want to. <laughs> yeah. that, that, those minds are deep and dark and, and can be scary. But I couldn't write a single word. And yeah, it took me a couple months to actually get started on the book because I knew it needed to be written, but I didn't want to have to be the one to write it. <laughs> Oddly enough, there's no one else who can do it for me. Mm -hmm. I, had, I had to call my editor, the amazing, amazing Judica Isles, and say, I, I feel like a fraud for writing this. And she says, I, I, please tell me more. Let me help you figure this out. 
We love Judica here. She's so awesome. <laughs> She's the best ever. I just love her. I would follow her to the ends of the earth. Same. She is a gorgeous, gorgeous soul. We love Judica. If you have Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Also, if you haven't listened to the episodes of Judica to know how beautiful of a soul she is, you can also go back and listen to those as well. She's an amazing, amazing author and an amazing editor and just she's great. We love her. Shout out to Judica. <laughs> so, so I said I, I feel like a fraud because I, I want to write this book. I'm, I'm really excited about writing this. I said, but I feel like a fraud because I've I've dealt with all these things and and she said darling that's why we want you to write it like anybody can write a book on protection magic but we need your voice to be heard you know you've you've done these things you've you've lived to tell the tale that means that you succeeded and so I was able to put to rest some of the the demons that I have been wrestling with and Went in, I, I figured I'd get that part out of the way. And I wrote that entire chapter in 13,000 words. And I wrote that in probably a day mm-hmm. because it was, it just flowed out. And once that, once that blockage was gone, I was able to go throughout the rest of the book. But I, I had to have that moment where I said, okay, like the, the vulnerable part of myself, where is, where is that line? Where do I cut off that vulnerability and make sure that I'm protecting myself, but also protecting my readers? Mm-hmm. I think you do a really beautiful job with that. And as somebody who's read um, many of your books, I would say that the Protection Magic book, that section was hard to read um, Mm -hmm. as somebody who's also had similar traumas. And it was a very challenging read, but it was something that was necessary because a lot of times there's so many voices that have had similar experiences out there. So many other people who have had those kind of experiences. Um, And, you know, we know that there's a dime a dozen of those experiences out there, but we don't get to hear the voices behind them very often because a lot of times those voices are trying to be silenced. So having your story in that book, despite how difficult it was to read at times, um and i'm not saying this for the audience that it's difficult to read because of writing and all no it was beautifully written it was just it was painful to read because you could feel all of amy's pain you could feel all the pain that i was experiencing from my own trauma um but it was a it was a necessary read and it was something that was so beautifully done because it shows yes you need to have concrete physical protections in addition to magical protections it wasn't something that you could just be like, oh, hey, you know, you need to have this. And, you know, here's the elusive reasons why. It's like, no, you need to have this because this has happened. These things happen all the time. And it's something that is so easily um, overlooked that you're just like, oh, that's never going to happen to me. It can happen to anybody. And That was the part that I struggled with for a long time was I, I teach concealed carry classes I teach self-defense classes and I have a black belt you know I was um, shooting into competitions I had done all the right things Mm -hmm. Um, the things that you know I've been I've been told since I was you know birthed 
to to keep myself safe as though it's my responsibility rather than other people's responsibility not to do those things mm-hmm. and you know I, I I got all the certificates and I got the pieces of paper and I, I turned myself into James Bond to keep myself safe from the awful things you turned yourself into lady badass that's what you did because you are <laughs> badass <laughs> and so I, I i had to ask the officer who responded to the first call i said you know I, I did everything right what is what why am i being punished because i i did everything right so if a you know i was working in security i was um executive protection officer and if i if somebody who this is their literal job can't escape having this happen then someone whose job is not that give yourself some leeway give yourself the the gentleness that you need because these things aren't our fault and that was one of the things that it was so important to make sure was heard in protection magic was this is not your fault mm-hmm. that is absolutely correct and you know it, it was one of those things it's like yeah it it was kind of shocking to you know read it's like yes you have all of this you know criteria that would say yes you would be very safe and it still was something that happened to you and you know i think that's also something that kind of translates over to segueing to your other book to your uh, botanical wellness you know talking about um disability and chronic illness those are not your fault either Mm-hmm. That's something that I think you did a really good job of painting that it's not your fault that your body decided that it didn't want to cooperate or didn't want to, you know, be 100% healthy or that, you know, societal standard because you just can't expect that. You can't expect your body to be what somebody else thinks is their version of healthy. And it, you, know, you I think you've said it so well in your book that healthy is a um, not everybody's standard. I don't remember the exact line of it, but it it was not the standard of the individual. It's standard of society. Wellness is the standard of the individual. And Absolutely. It was such a beautiful way that you put it. And I did notice there was a couple of content warnings um, in this book as well, which were not nearly as dark as the protection magic one um but the protection magic one is also something that that book i recommend to everyone everyone it doesn't matter if you are a magical practitioner it does not matter if you are female or female presenting it does not matter you should read that book because it can happen to anyone and you need to be making sure that you are taking precautions, not only magically and spiritually, but physically. And, you know, this book, we should also be trying to improve our wellness and how we see ourselves as well. And and I'm not saying well as in addition to, I'm saying well as in how we see ourselves as okay, as well, as healthy. Um and, you know, I think you actually stated that you didn't like the word healthy in the book, <laughs> which is true because, you know, it's like healthy. It's like, well, you know, society says this and this doctor over here says this and that one over there says that. And it's like, who the hell do I listen to? You listen to you. That's that's what you listen to. You listen to what makes your body feel good and makes you feel OK and makes you feel well and healthy. 
whatever that definition is, because not everybody's is going to look the same because your body doesn't look the same as everybody else's and it's not supposed to. It is the average picture that doctors and wellness people tend to look at, not the individualistic. Because right. there's mean, not enough da data out there to look at all the individualistic. It would consume everything. I mean, if I was a woman in a salad commercial laughing at her salad, like things, things would might look easier, but that doesn't mean they'd actually be any easier. Yeah, okay. And our, <laughs> our, our community wants to look for the reason why there, there's a lot of discussion about um, whether or not things like the threefold law are actually applicable. I don't think they are. I don't either. Uh, but so we get asked, like, what did you do to deserve, you know, a, a body that tries to kill you once a week? I didn't do anything. This isn't my fault. I, I was not responsible for someone else's negligence. I was not responsible for hives that come from nowhere and disappear back to nowhere. You know, that's the thing that, like, there, there was an article that was floating around, I think it was last week or something like that, that talked about the fact that if your ancestors caught the Black Plague and survived, you may be chronically ill today. Could you blame your ancestors? Sure, if you really wanted to, but it was also not their fault that they got sick. That just happens. You know, it's kind of like, it's not your fault that you catch a cold, and it's also not the person's fault who gave it to you colds can be airborne and you know germs and we could go into a whole germophobic conversation at that point but we're not going to <laughs> uh but you know it's nobody's fault it just happens and how you learn to deal with that is actually kind of the lesson in that it's like okay did you take care of yourself after you got sick <laughs> or did you go infect everybody else if you went and infected everybody else i'm gonna have to say bad 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 don't do that <laughs> at least wear a mask if you have to go out and you're ill um, we know this from COVID and that's a thing, but, you know, you know, talking about the threefold law, I laugh every time, you mm -hmm. know, because I, I, when I got into paganism, I started with Wicca and because Wicca was everything, it was the big deal. And that was the, you know, late nineties, early two thousands. And everybody had a voice in Wicca and it, Wicca was the big thing it way overshadowed witchcraft. And it was the whole thing of you live right by these the threefold law. Well, the threefold law is great in theory, but not great in practice. And it drove a lot of early Wiccans and witches kind of mad, including myself, because you're you're trying so hard to become oh the perfect threefold law image. You're trying so hard to live this and you're like, well, I can't think this bad thought and I can't do this and I can't do that and I can't do this because this will, you know, become, no, <laughs> you be a good person, be you. Uh, you're going to go crazy if you try to, you know, do the whole, you know, do what you will, but harm none thing. Yeah. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. D don't do that because inadvertently you're always going to be harming something. And if you were to live by that, that's like trying to tell a lion to be a vegetarian because you don't want it to hurt the other animals. It's not how it's built. It's not how it's going to be. You're going to end up hurting something, some way, maybe to survive, but not, you know, you obviously shouldn't do it on purpose. That's the whole thing that nobody really would specify. That it's like, you do what you need to do, but just don't do it on purpose. Right. 
all we can do is try and be a better person than I was yesterday. Exactly. That's, that's what my goal is. Exactly. And so, you know, that's the other thing that, you know, talking about with wellness, if you're just trying to be better than you were yesterday and being chronically ill, we all know that it's a minute to minute kind of day where you might be wake up and you're like, I'm going to go run a 5k today. And then by an hour later, you're like, no, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> because the body's like, that was cute. I'm glad you thought that that was funny. That was a good joke. Good for you. No, get your ass back to bed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been there. I've, I've woken up and gone, hey, I felt great today. And it's like, I'm going to do all the things. No, you're not. Sit down before you hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of how the wellness is supposed to be. You're supposed to listen to your body and what your body says. And I think especially after living through three years of people who were, were once healthy and now are chronically ill because of long COVID and um, other implications that have come out of COVID, we are seeing that people are having to redefine their own definition of health and wellness. And your book came perfectly at a great time because so many people are searching for that. And it's definitely what they need. It is the book that I'm going, just like the protection book, it's going to be one of those number one books I'm recommending because we need that voice. We need your voice to tell us, hey, it's okay for you to figure this out. And it's okay for you to be gentle with yourself while you do. And it also helps us figure out where we go in society as a whole when we start figuring out what wellness means to us as the individuals, because then we can figure out a collective voice from there. So it's, yes. it's such a good book, such a good book. Oh, like I said, I could gush for hours about all of Amy's books. Um, but let's talk a little bit about your tea store. How's that going? How, has anything changed? Has you got any new stuff happening? Always. Always. <laughs> that's well, my, let's talk that's, about it. <laughs> that's my favorite part of my of the days that I feel like ADHD is my superpower because I can have the creative input to create a tea, get it out there that day and say, okay, here, here it now exists. Mm -hmm. Um do you know who Besla is? I do not. Um Besla is the spirit of the world tree in Norse mythology. Okay, so I, had... I should know that as a, somebody who practices North mythology, but I always forget like names and stuff like that. That's my not my ADHD friend. Um, I forget all of the stuff that you know happens with the like the important stuff with names. That's my thing that I just forget all of it. It goes in one ear and out the other. <laughs> so I, <laughs> so I I had that that moment of, ooh. Which is always the best because I get the the best teas that come out of it. the The most recent version of that was the Magician. Ooh, okay. Uh, it tastes like orange Tootsie Pops. <laughs> it's um, it's a it's a creamy orange oolong with some almond, and so oh, I they they blend. Delicious. Right? It's so good. So when I had this yearning to try and create something for the World Tree. To have that understanding of the, not just the plant and the relationship between practitioners and the plant itself, mm -hmm. but how to really connect with that energy. This, this tea was actually the one that came out of that. So um, it's a Darjeeling base 
but it's got some peppermint in there and there's some lapsing souchong for the the smoke of the leaves mm-hmm. uh, if we look at traditional depictions of reading the runes it's at the base of a tree mm-hmm. because you're connecting the worlds you're connecting your your vision and so there's a wisp of that lapsing souchong and there's the the mint that is evocative of the leaves of the tree and the darjeeling just has that warmth that wraps you in a hug and says you know what it doesn't matter what's coming next because you are ready for it oh that sounds beautiful that sounds like (laughs) it could also be a perfect tea for yule yes just it sounds like it's got all those like beautiful like yule notes that you would expect to you know be smelling and experiencing during that time of the year so oh that sounds awesome My my brain smells like pine trees right now just because we're we're talking about this. Oh, I love that. I love the you know, the talking about, you know, even in your book you talk about this about the different smells and the memories and everything else. Um, but you know, you were talking about that and the one thing that always comes to mind with Yule is uh Boslem and oranges. Mm. Oh yeah. And so you were talking about that and I was like, I could totally see myself drinking a cup of that tea. In front of a Christmas tree. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so if you're looking for a tea for that time of year, sounds like Amy's got some. So check out your store and remind me of the store link. I don't remember off the top of my head because, again, memory issues. <laughs> Blackthornsbotanicals.com. They're both plural. Black, you know, Blackthorn, obviously possessive. Um, so Blackthornsbotanicals.com. Uh, you can also get autographed copies of my books right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you are not sure the rest of my catalog is for you yet, we will convince you, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, the first 30 pages you can download for free on amyblackthorn.com. There are free links right there. You can you can read it on the, the e-reader on the web or you can um, download it to whatever e-reader you'd like. I want you to know that this is something that resonates with you, that you need, that you want as a part of your life and your practice before you purchase it. Because I know money is so important. Mm-hmm. The, the survival of literally everyone <laughs> right <laughs> uh, really capitalism uh but i want you to know that this is something that you need in your life before you go out and purchase it there's there are times we go to the bookstore and something seems like just the exactly what i needed and you get home and it's not the book you thought it was so i want you to know that this is something you want and need in your life before you spend your hard-earned money for it that is so awesome. And yes, all of Amy's books are incredible. I own them all. I love them all. And I will rave about them all because they're all incredible. Um, if, especially if you're anybody who is interested in any sort of herbalism or botanical work, uh, flower work, essential uh, oils, etc., etc., you should definitely check out her books. They are worthy of every penny that you would like to spend on them. But the two that we have been talking a lot about, which are the Blackthorns uh, Protection Magic and uh, Blackthorns Botanical Wellness. Those are the two newest books out. They are incredible books, especially the Protection Magic, because I will tell everybody every single time that is a book you always need to have in your library because it has so much valuable information. And if you're somebody who's trying to heal the Botanical Wellness, that is your book. I promise. <laughs> so, so good. Uh, do you have any classes or anything coming up? Um, I know the holidays are right around the corner, so I know a lot of uh, authors are like wrapping up stuff for the holidays. They are, which gives me a little niche to fill, which means that you know, if you're looking for something, you know, if you have 
especially if you have traumatic family history with the holidays, I try and distract myself by taking classes rather than avoiding them. So I've got a couple different things planned. And if there's something you want, they, there's a catalog on the website for amyblackthorn.com and blackthornsbotanicals.com where you can download the classes that I've already um, offered online. You can download that, those classes right there. There's some free classes. There's free materials on my YouTube channel. There's uh, you can find me on TikTok discussing different witchy topics um, at Amy Blackthorn Author. So I just I want to be able to make some friends and hang out with great people. And uh, this this job really allows me to do that. Mm-hmm. It allows me the opportunity to connect my personal experience with a lesson that really helps people absorb the information rather than just being talked at. No one wants to be talked at. Yes. Um, I don't feel like anybody really learns the best that way. <laughs> no, because <laughs> then you just feel like you're getting lectured at, and that's that's never fun. I also didn't know yeah. you were on TikTok. I'm gonna have to follow you on TikTok. Um, Fantastic. I, I'm a uh, TikTok aficionado. I follow more people than I actually post, but I absolutely love to connect with people on TikTok. It's my thing to the point that I've had to go and unfollow like old accounts that, you know, aren't posting anymore because TikTok restricts me from following any more people. <laughs> it's like you have followed enough. You have like 9,000 people you're following. And I'm like, "Yes, but I love them all." <laughs> it's like, "Stop restricting me, TikTok. I promise. I I'm doing the good thing. I promise I'm not a bot. Just let me follow the people." Um, I'm just expressing myself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm going to have to definitely follow you on TikTok because I didn't know you were there. Uh, so this has been awesome as wonderful. Check out Amy's books. Check out her classes. Check out her tea store. Check out, just go, go to her websites and do the things. Do them all. I promise you're going to love them. <laughs> and let me know what you guys thought about the books. Let me know what you think about this episode. Check out the other episode we did with her earlier. I believe I want to say that was in May. I don't remember off the that top sounds, of my head. That sounds, that sounds right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so go check that out. The review for this book, uh, Blackthorns Botanical Wellness, will be on hearthandseed.com. Hopefully next week, God's willing, the everything is still working the way that it's supposed to. And I don't run myself out with all my appointments this week. So uh, if that's cool and that works, I will be posting that next week. Amy, again, thank you so much for being here. And everyone else who is listening, make sure you guys are taking care of yourselves. Make sure you're staying safe. And I will see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.